Live. Kia everybody. What's up? It is Rebet. Welcome to Rebet Live. Uh, and I'm joined by uh, Mike Jenkins, CEO, founder of The Instillery. How are you, bro? Morning, everybody. Yeah, very good, bro. Rocking and rolling. Uh, where are you? What's going on? I actually already know the answer because we've been talking a lot this last <laughs> couple of days, but let's pretend like um, I don't. Where are you, bro? How's things? What's up? All good. Uh, I'm in the mighty Wakatu, uh, my, my home, and has been my home for the last few years. Nice to be back home with the family. Um, man, just back to work, spending a lot of time in this very chair here, the home office or the converted home office, which is actually my bedroom. Stole a chair from the instillery Waikato boardroom, and here we are. Did you? Are those the Bose 35s noise cancelling? <laughs> yeah. See, the, the, they are oh, the cool. shit for this. So you just got like pop. So I'm rolling the same, but blacks. Um, I was talking to Ed Hyde last week, CEO at um. Uh, oh, the man. Yeah. Uh, sorry, at uh, Chorus. He made the rookie move of doing the in earbud running waterproofy looking ones. Three hour calls, mate. Amateur hour. <laughs> well, there's Amateur. the man that's built for speed, though. He's just showing you his athletic ability. Yeah, true. <laughs> is that are you, is that your bedroom? It is a. Eh? That's my bed, yeah. What's that, that red? Bedroom. What's that red little bendery ovary thing? What's that shit? Oh, you gotta say, oh, yeah, it's couch, yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go, couch on. I thought it was like one of those like fancy like things you sit, blah blah. <laughs> um, so for for those who don't know, in the mix around um around the instillery, what you do and the, the whole space, give give people the, the quick one hundred and one. Um, go for it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So so the instillery, uh, we've been going six years. Um, I founded it back in twenty thirteen. Um. For us, we're, we're in the business of cloud, um, but, but I guess the evolution of our business has moved beyond helping businesses realize the value of cloud through professional services and consulting to help them run applications and their organizations up there. And you know, there's no better example than the impact of COVID-19 and people sending their entire workforce home within a 24 hours notice to really test the value of cloud and software as a service. So uh, that's, that's the business we're in, helping Kiwis get there faster and, and with confidence. The um, we're talking about this before the the seismic shift of offline to online for every single business that had not even some of them haven't even thought about don't even know what Microsoft Teams is doesn't even know how Google Drive works doesn't know any of the stuff it it has been such a uh, mental shit show for so many that don't understand technology how have you navigated those who have been fearful around this time. Yeah, well, I think um, the reality is unless you've got technology in place that allows you to work with maximum productivity for home, um, you just you, know, you can't do your job. And there's been some big businesses and probably surprising to me actually as well, just how many big businesses and government departments weren't ready. You know, um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples where it's health or central agency. Just, you know, just who, don't say the name that yeah, done a yeah, shit yeah. job. Yeah, the last yeah. thing either of us needs is a lawsuit, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> all, all good, but yeah. So there's this company, but yeah. Yeah, go. yeah. it was surprising that the, the number of businesses that weren't ready, and I think that um, you know, whether it's a matter of they had programs in train um, to enable the working from home generation to actually work from home, or, or the fact that maybe they had rushed into it and were trying to enable productivity, but had forgotten about security and the core premise that you know critical staff data and business data wasn't actually being protected like it was when they were in the office. So um, so for us, it's, it's been a surprise, but a real eye-opener. But, but again, this is the business we're in, and we're all about helping businesses get there faster um, and, and without actually sacrificing the security that underpins you know, being able to work from home um, productively. In a, in a cloud business, literally having every single business that's choosing to operate jump into the cloud is going to bring a lot of challenges for many. What's the biggest... Um, 
technology challenge that companies have faced if they haven't messed with um, the cloud before of what that actually means yeah. for a business? Yeah, a ab absolutely, man. Like, I think firstly, I'll go, I'll flip it. I'll go with a positive here in New sure. Zealand, bro. The the connectivity and fiber. Anyone that was complaining two years ago about footpaths being dug up and the constant yeah. barrage around CBDs, I think we can all just sit back and clap our hands and you know the likes of Chorus and here locally in the Waikato, John and the team at UFF and the work they've done. Um, has been amazing. Uh, you know, for example, even over my own home, I live in the country down here in the Waikato, and um, I had VDSL here up until four days ago, and uh, and I can tell you the team at UFF cranked up fibre and connected it up within four hours. So I was like, yeah, that is that is a phenomenal yeah. ability to be able to crank those services on, and I'm sure businesses across Aotearoa actually were able to do that. You know, um, but but in terms of the biggest the biggest challenge, it, it's it's security, bro. It's security. Uh, when it, it's, a, it's a fundamentally different approach to securing your business and your data. It's really easy to do when it's sitting in a nice data center and all your users are really close and sitting in one office. When you move to distributed model, where all your users are everywhere working across the country, across the world even, you know, in terms of a, an ecosystem of partners, it's a very different philosophy to be able to try and secure those users and that data. And, and that's where the ancillary comes in in terms of our experience in that. The... Um the the shift of what this has done for New Zealand tech sector, what's the biggest opportunity coming out of this? You think for for NZ Tech out of the the backside of this thing, more embracement into the future of what can be with software. What's the what do you see the 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 future of tech for New Zealand after after COVID? Yeah, I, I think um, and firstly, the New Zealand tech community has done an amazing job, like that, like legit rallying together to try and help the Kiwi economy through. I think it's been amazing. You know, you see some cool leadership from the likes of JP and the guys of Voda. You know, there's so many cool people doing cool stuff and giving in, like throwing the recipe in to help businesses get through. Um, and, and so, you know, so for me, I think the biggest opportunity is actually that collective coming together and working as as a as an industry to drive forward. There's no point in us all you know, baking 10 of the same things. That's, I mean, it's not really progress. I think it's actually about looking at how we genuinely seize this as an opportunity as opposed to a crisis or a challenge and actually grab that opportunity by both hands and firmly establish New Zealand as a tech leader on the world stage. What do you think is the biggest opportunity for New Zealand as a commercially? Out of yeah, com commercially, again, I, I think for me personally, it's the acknowledgement that no matter what industry you're in, what sector you're in, what type of business, big, small, government, I think it's the realization that your business fundamentally, fundamentally needs to change and become a software business. So every Kiwi business become a business that creates, bakes up products and takes them to the world. Local to global, but staying local. Absolutely. Think think local. So you, I mean, you guys are intimately across the problems of the day. We've got some of the brightest minds down here, young, old, experienced. And I think it's that magic of bringing that together with partners like us to actually realize and, and, and deliver on that promise. That's one of the things I was going to ask about. I was thinking all these different sectors have all had like a, a barrage of the same type of problem. At the end of this thing, I, I wonder around what it's going to look like for um, – 
you know, like co-working spaces, all with different themes of specific startups and, t and tech solutions for problems that New Zealand as a, as a whole has had. And, and I'm, I'm, I really hope that the government, whether it's Callaghan government, whoever, whoever it is, really addresses and tries to pull together all these smart minds physically to the same place for all these problems, which to, for solutions to create products and stuff out of it, which can go out, out of it. Because I would just, exactly your point about, you know, 10 people making the same cake. I don't want to see a million monkeys doing the same shit mm. copy paste and i can see it happening when everyone gets back in it's like i'm gonna create the flipping thing because this was my problem it's like stop we all have the same problem i just really hope there's a there's a a, a a collated collective approach to sort of you know consolidate all this great talent into into spots and and go after a clear north star whether it be in tourism or in hospitality or just in whatever these bits and pieces are what do you feel the same way any thoughts on that yeah, it's it's absolutely that collective approach, bro. I think, um, you know, I sit on the board of New Zealand Tech and been really privileged to be part of that for the last few years. I know Mitchell and Graham and the team are really, you know, it's a challenging time for a number of the people that are part of that. Um, and so I think that, you know, there's a role for New Zealand Tech to play alongside the government. Um, but absolutely, I think it's a matter of actually just as business owners and leaders coming together, um, the market is, is, it will never be the same. That, that's my view. Mm. And so, you know, I've got a couple of views and then still redo around, you know, even, even the way, like we sent a poll out last week to our 200 plus team, you know, do you, do you prefer to work from, from an office? Do you prefer to work from home? Do you prefer a hybrid? Because depending on our, and our learnings from this, our productivity has actually gone up in the last three. We've been working from home remotely. for three weeks now. Yeah, working remotely. Our productivity has gone up. I mean, there's been massive inbound demand, but the ability to actually connect in real time with the technology that we already have in play, being a born in the cloud SaaS and security business, it's 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 changed the game. The, the only danger is the the blurred boundaries between family life, working from home, and uh, and I think that's that's the biggest challenge. But for me, I think it's actually about coming together as an industry and and genuinely challenging the what's next, and and I think challenging the status quo around you know do we really need three thousand square meter shiny hqs with glass walls you know and or what's a micro hq look like for tech sector in new zealand and and business in new zealand and how could we bring communities of people together working in virtual teams to start tackling some of these bigger products problems around community and and industry yeah the 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 um the business headspace from decision makers thinking about leases and team and staffing Oof. you can't it's going to be tricky too because if they jump the gun just because they've thought it after the kool-aid wears off there's always going to be that bounce back and the last thing they want to do is get out trying to get out of these things because everyone says they don't want it and after they get it they miss people and they want to connect back together and then where does you know hundreds of people yeah. go so i think that mixed model is interesting what was the feedback that you got initially because i'm also imagining is over time of week one two three four five it's going to be different if it would be it would stay consistent for someone who let's say is a single male 25 in, in a flat with two other people it would also i'm imagining it would be different if you uh early 30s with three young kids running around <laughs> and and then you don't have an office anymore and you, yeah. you go you go crazy so do you think that the um the, the, do you think it'll be a hybrid model of you know does it three days keep the offices but is it three days a week in the office and then some remote and like how do you think that new you are right though but it's going to be a new 
it's gonna be a new dynamic right it's a it's a brave new world you know uh you know i am that i am that 36 year old with three young kids and a nephew that lives with us a 16 year old nephew and i can tell you i've had some amazing video conferences over the last two to three weeks where you know my my littlest sasha has met you know deputy secretaries of agencies and <laughs> ceos and cfos of big business in new zealand and around the world and yeah, you know, I guess I sort of I, I sort of love that. You know, that's I I, I talk all the time, Rebecca, about your sauna effect, and there's yeah. no better way to, <laughs> to to get to know. There's no better way to get to know a person than yeah. you know, see what they're about, meet their family, and see how they react, which is the real world. And I just think I think the the ability of this crisis to turn this crisis into a genuine game changer for business and how we interact with each other, and just be more open, and honest, and bring your whole self to work. And there's no better way to do that by working from home. <laughs> yeah yeah that has been, that has been you know so you know some of the feedback which has been really interesting these obviously you know i've been interviewing you to a whole bunch of crew and shit and someone's like oh yeah it's crazy like that it was like her like bedroom and you're like what They're like oh yeah like you know she's at home but then she had this on or this or this guy was there and it's, it's like kind of humanized those that yeah. are potentially seen in big organizations oh this, this, organi this, well, yeah out of reach towery shit yeah, yeah out of reach out of reach yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and you never, th I never really think of those things, but then all of a sudden I do. Well, imagine if you know you're Sarah of a big organization with a telco, energy bank, whatever, and everyone sees you. You're always power suit in the boardroom, or you got some shit on, or the guys, you know, they got the pocket squares or whatever the shit is. And all of a sudden, you know, he's wearing a t-shirt in, in the house and he's saying, "What's up?" And it's the CEO, you know, like a, yeah. it was. I and I love it. Yeah, yeah see, oh, we love it because it's 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 more <laughs> authentic and straight, and and just I don't know I I think it's the the approachability and, and relatability of leaders at this time is actually becoming pretty pretty cool to see in many different organizations and even feedback right absolutely man it's just cool to see people being real the um i got a question here uh when everything goes back to normal and some of the services are going to be expensive how can we communicate with the customer about it and also are they able to pay due to all the losses oh oh question. heavy kind yeah of tough one, but all right yeah yeah you want me to give a crack at it yeah, they're not asking me. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. So, so I, I think I already said it. The game's changed, no matter what industry you're in. So, um, it comes down to a couple of things: continuing to make real, intelligent business decisions around where you invest. But the key thing is you got to keep investing. You can't save your way out of this. Um, mm. look, again, I can talk to you from an ancillary perspective. Um, that's something having. You know, two CFOs on my board, including Bill and my old man, Dad. Uh, that, you know, we're, we're really careful when it comes to investment. Um, and, and in terms of, I guess, the ability to pay and pay bills and that, um, we've been working really closely with those customers in our portfolio and our stable that are doing it tough, you know, particularly in the tourism and retail sector. And I would also say maybe even in the mid-market at the, at the lower end SME of town. Um, we're just working really closely with these business owners and leaders. And, and I think that we're in a privileged position at the instillery given uh, we're a managed service provider. So that variable income and profit is not the hand to mouth of most professional services companies. Um, and, and so I think we're working really closely and just coming to agreements with them around, they're working really closely with their banks and working out how we can find a way that they can keep the services. Cause man, for, for a lot of these retailers, particularly, we got to keep these big online e-commerce systems cranking. Cause that's, the, that's their future, right? Um, and their lifeblood, everything. Yeah, yeah, we got we got fashion retailers that are working on you know summer collections coming up for Europe and the US, and so they can't stop. Like that's that's even though their retail stores are closed across the country, they can't no. stop. And 
So, so again, for us, we, we take that responsibility really seriously. And also those guys are contributors to small economies and small communities that actually rely on them running. So for us, we're just working really closely, doing what we can to cut costs out of out of their service while also maintaining a commitment to delivering the same services through the through the process but yeah i think you can't save your way out of it you've got to keep no. going you've got to keep investing and and everybody says it you know you got to keep spending to keep this economy cranked up yeah the the um i even just think about the brand building and the goodwill that you genuinely get when you can be the good bastard when times are tough right like being able to and it's always weird you know that small business is one day going to be the big business that, oh, that yeah. you know not being an asshole about you know the small niggly shit at times like this really makes a difference for so many different business owners and 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 stuff and especially if they're in a space that they don't know very well they have to trust you and you would be their trusted partners for, for yep. this type this type of shift um if you if you don't know anything about the cloud and your bricks and mortar um traditional analog retailer that's um that's now closed and you're scared to jump into this world of cloud what advice would you give them and where would you where, where would you start what would be cloud 101 for a business that has got no flipping idea what any of this stuff means but they know they have to do it and they're really yeah. and intimidated by it yeah yeah i i think um it's being really clear around what it in your business costs you today i think a big challenge when people are trying to build a business case for change is that um, people and business owners just don't understand the true cost and even in big business, the true burden cost, how many people are actually working on it, contributing to it, how many SaaS applications, you know, uh, hidden IT costs are running around your organization. So firstly, being really clear, but also just engaging um, people with experience because you're exactly right, bro. Uh, this, is, this is a dark art for a lot of people. And so if you're trying to learn a whole industry in a rapidly evolving, changing industry, um, you, you're going to be behind before you start. So I think engaging someone like the Instillery, we've got the frameworks and processes that can sit down with them and 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 understand what are critical applications, what are critical business functions, and then genuinely try and move as much to software as a service as quickly as you possibly can. And then that'll retire the amount of applications and underlying IT infrastructure that you actually need to move to the cloud. Um, it's all about looking looking for the you know the fastest path to value. Yeah, very very well said it's um i think it keeps coming back to that trusted thing when you don't understand a, a space you have to have that person because you don't have the time to try and figure it out yourself nah. business is, is moving too fast that could actually put you behind the eight ball and it's actually going to be a risk to your business if you don't have people a trusted partners you actually work with mm. the future of just even thinking you know like right back to the, the, the start you know you said you know every um, you know, I've always said every business is its, its own media company. They'll produce everything yeah. end to end, including distribution, which has happened. And I've been, you know, nicely historically correct to that point. <laughs> but you said that to software, and I'm quite interested just to dig on that just a little bit because sure. it's 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 verbiage which I haven't heard before. Every every business will become a software. So is it software company or software business? Software I think company. yeah, so, so, so software, software company. Software. Yeah. yeah. So so what makes you say that? Like if you look at the waves of the horizons that have come through through business in and out media, the media one I understand, but every business becoming a software business. Talk talk me through that. Yeah, I, I think no matter what service or product you 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 bring, right? And um, I I think you know the people talk about digital all the time in our industry, and so what really underpins digital is is products, and, and so I think that by effectively cutting out the middleman and bringing that IP closer to the core is going to enable your business to go faster, to be able to 
get out in front of the market and even react faster to opportunities they come to market by removing that middleman from your business, by by elevating the creation of products and the evolution of your own products and reframing, reimagining the business that you are today, but in the concept of software products and taking those services to market. And also by by building in software as opposed to you know, labor-based processes or professional services time for money. I think that that's going to enable that hyperscale and your business to grow faster than it's ever before. You know, I've said a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, um, what New Zealand potentially looks like popping out the back of this. And, and I think, you know, the New Zealand tech sector was on uh, track to be the second biggest export in New Zealand within the next mm. 18 months. And I think, it, I, I feel it was behind tourism. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I could be wrong, but you know, if someone, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But hypothetically, if, if it isn't, um, because people really, people won't be moving around logistically as much internationally for the next uh, foreseeable future. You know, maybe a year, maybe two. Regardless, yeah, yeah. it's going to be more than one or two quarters. The um, this this shift to not only saying every um, business being its own um, sort of software company, but also the fact that it's weightless and can go. It's almost this a brand new world of opportunity for New Zealand as a whole for the tech sector specifically, right? Um, how excited do you feel about what are the options of what New Zealand could actually put out to the world? If you, if, you, if you had all of the programmers and the brains and the creatives all in a room that's going to, you know, export, basically tech will, if we do this right, will become the biggest export in New Zealand. 100. 100. Yeah. Okay. So if tech is, will be the biggest export, how would you navigate these next what would the three next steps you'd do to be able to do it oh man like this is a topic you know very near and dear to my heart so like i've got a big list but... send it go for it no yeah. because it's i've just had a moment i've just realized that because i've been saying that it's always been number on track to yeah. be the, the lead but i actually think you might be right because if tourism if i if if we're right and tourism was number one that's going to flip probably in the next six months by christmas yeah yeah. So by Christmas, we're essentially saying our biggest export is tech. So what are we going to do about it from now to build forward? And I think to, to amplify before you go on your little rant would be if we come back open for business before a lot other parts of the rest of the world, that opens up commercial opportunities for global companies to either set up shop Absolutely. and hiring and stuff and everything here. So yeah, go go for your event because this could be, this is a really exciting opportunity for those in the, in the space. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it goes without doubt that actually I, I think you know, and, and this is not an ego trip at all, but I think the instillery are uniquely positioned to help provide some leadership here, but it, it, it will take a village. You know, we can't do this stuff alone. And so I think, uh, you know, we're leaning so far in, we're, we're trying not to fall flat on our face and, and <laughs> demonstrate that leadership right now. But I think working, working at home first, and particularly in the public sector, um, there is so much opportunity for us to do so much good. I mean, man, a big shout out to all the frontline workers in health, but, but you know, the challenge of them running their day-to-day -day business in this COVID lockdown is crazy. Like these guys are making up with it with 20 hour plus days on the grind, three weeks in a row. And, and so I think it starts at home, Rebet. I think for me, it's about solving the problems of industry, whether it be health, local council agency, um, you know, citizen services first. And I think New Zealand having a leadership position here and solving them with technology solutions down here in New Zealand, and then elevating those customer success stories on the global stage. And I think that's the, you know, the importance that I talked to around continued investment and a commitment to think differently and like fundamentally rethink, reframe the problems of yesterday, but in a modern day context 
and then export those solutions globally on a much bigger scale. I think that's where it's, you know, it's probably one, two and three. It's just got to start there. But we've got to start cracking off some of the big problems of the day. And I think mm. it starts here at home first and, and government being prepared to commit and invest and, and change and innovate. And then we take that stuff global. That's that's the big opportunity. Yeah, the um, you know talk, talking around that space around people and ideas comes back to that thing of the that collective approach to coming yep. up with new solutions. So you know when when I had the Cole business, we had uh, one of the spots was um, forty six Albert Street, which was the old uh, NZME Herald building, and it had um, it's about ten thousand square meters, four floors, is was, was crazy. And my vision for it was I wanted an epicenter for entrepreneurship in New Zealand with a thousand people so I think awesome. NZME had about 1500 and I was like if you had a thousand weapons in a in one building and the goal was to create you know billions billions of dollars of whatever I think you're almost going to have to I think that's that's something like that has to come out of this right it's a government-led gnarly collective shed work spacey initiative around yep. few big problems for New Zealand and getting these smartest minds together on the, in the same rooms to, to do it. That's, that's, that's really, man, that's right, you're right. everyone, yeah. everyone just does the builds the same shit, right? Yeah. Right. Build, builds build the same in a different way. It's a copy paste. And, and mm. so, so I think absolutely, but also I think it sees businesses and agencies and the senior businesses in the organization, senior people in the organization actually stop stopping trying to translate their business challenge or their patient problem into a technology language because there's a lot that gets diluted down and actually just being brave enough to bring the problem warts and all you know in their business language challenge to an organization like the ancillary and actually allowing us to solve it together that co-creation aspect is massive and i can tell you over the last three weeks we've had massive inbound conversations with some amazing humans you know it surprises me every yeah. day the room or the virtual room or bedroom yeah, in this case, you find yourself in, you know, <laughs> I think. Um, and that, so it's just a continuation of and commitment for us to solve those problems at scale. And and again, then share. I, I think mm. a problem in the private sector, you know, it's harder because obviously it's competitive landscape, but like whether it's banking or finance or insurance. But in the public sector, if you're one hospital, one DHB, and you solve a problem, like a game-changing problem that enables, you know, more productivity for nurses and the frontline staff, then we should be shouting from the rooftops, and sharing that recipe as quickly as we possibly can and solving that for the whole industry. Well, I think that's what happens if you've got the IP in the brain to, to help yep. them through. It's not, you know, we've talked about before, it's not, you know, reactionary projects to their problem. It's you know, kind of proactive strategic partnerships for for that new world. And it's that, that trusted IP. That's it. it. Yeah, that, that, that partnership concept's really important. It's not a mm. come and do it to you, you know, spray and walk away. It's it's a strap in together and solve this thing together and, and let's go. And that constant life cycle, lifetime value is really important. So uh, governments, councils, big corporates, uh, notorious for being slow. How do you think internal processes or procurement or infrastructure or whatever, like how do you think governments, not just in New Zealand, but around the world, um, are going to be re-looking at how their tech stack is, how they look at infrastructure, IT, Staffing, tech, cloud, AI, data, everything. Because surely, I mean, a lot of a lot of these systems we both know have been pretty um, legacy, archaic, slow things, and I'm sure a lot of them have broken. They're just not public yep. about yet, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of these have, things have have broken. So for we talking about you know reframe and reset and reimagining this this new world for these bigger companies, uh, how how would you reimagine those world for these big 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 councils and governments and organizations how would you approach that yeah and, and i think i think the the key place to start is who's got control of it 
so you know so that historically i guess the executive of these big businesses probably diverted to the chief digital officer or cto um to to go and you know to go and fix it however what my suggestion is they need to be in the room you know this this mm. this evolution this market change is going to dramatically impact every single organization and every single industry and so you need your bosses at the table at the very start to help reimagine and shape shape that thinking and mm. and those are the people that we want to work with you know, alongside the CDOs and CTOs at the instillery as well so so I think for me it starts with having the right people in the right room but also having the opportunity to do it you I mean you touched on procurement um, and and it's a topic I'm passionate about around you know again reimagining reinventing we can't you know with 24 hours notice of a lockdown you can't afford to say the procurement process is going to take four to six weeks to yeah. get you registered with a new government agency. That's not going to help your 7,000 hospital workers to be able to work from home, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, so again, I think that's a challenge. What I'm, what I am excited about, bro, is department of internal affairs, DIA state services, those types of agencies are working really hard on that, but it's the Pasha Bolka we're turning around, man. It's, it's yeah. a slow trip. Um, but there is there are committed individuals with each of those agencies that are that are trying to change the game and enable I guess a more proactive approach to engaging people and partners like ourselves to make it a bigger impact for them. Yeah, it's a, I just I think about a lot of if you're a, if you're a CEO of a company and you don't understand tech and you've got a CTO, the wrong answer is, yo, go fix that shit because that one person isn't going to have the headspace to even understand. Um, yeah, it, 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 it comes back to that collective threat. It's a collective communication, collective thinking, and a yeah. community of weapons together. One person does not know the solution for this no. this thing. So, so it would be weak leadership from boards and CEO level to be trusting the new world of a new way to some you know guy or girl that's that's in the role. And just because they have the title for it doesn't mean that they're actually right. Because I think every rule's gone out the door with this thing. Yeah, you're right. And I think the mental capacity. A lot of these guys and girls' worlds are on fire right now. You know, if, if you had 100 people working from home and now you got 5,000, like you say, you got a lot of things breaking. You got a lot of things breaking in the back end. Might be a pretty front end, but the back end is at, is at least under pressure. And that takes effort and focus. So, so again, having the, the brain power and capacity to think more laterally and outside of the box and bring some fresh thinking with a fresh lens and actually genuinely reframe your business and the concepts and the challenges of the day. I think that's where you bring that fresh thinking together. Uh, but also, uh, yeah, like I said, it takes a village and you want to lean into the trillion dollar companies like Microsoft and Amazon and Google. I mean, th these guys and the thinking and firepower that they've got, you know, particularly Ness and the team and Nick and the team here locally, I think it's really important that you engage as a genuine ecosystem to solve these big issues. Yeah. The, um, I was going to jump on to uh, leadership. I've been really interested just looking at um, other leaders in New Zealand with how they're navigating staff and empathy and leading with love and, and communication and all this sort of different bits and pieces. Clearly at Cloud Business, everyone understands what Slack is and bits and pieces for yourself. How have you, um, how have you led your team through? Have you, what was your strategy around leadership for this specific thing around Corona? Because you know, you've got a couple of different offices, you know, 200 staff, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not small and you're a young dude in the, in the mix. Um, have you navigated the strategy of your leadership through this? Yeah, uh, again, uh, my leadership style is just being real. Um, so, so we've got a real diverse workforce here at the Instillery, you know, from up north down to Christchurch and everywhere in between. Um, it was interesting, you know, you were talking before about the young 25-year-olds, you know, who, who, who are sort of, it's okay, they're in a flat. 
but but bro actually there are some of the people that are genuinely hurting yeah if you're in a flat and you're your flat mates moved home to move into isolation and you're on your own as a 25 year old kid there's only so much xbox and homemade pizza you can you can run you know <laughs> in three weeks um and, and so so yeah we, so i think it's just being as a leader it's being aware um we we are as a business hyper connected to our people we we are the ancillary whanau and and i'm real proud of how our team are reacting um so whether it's it's, it's someone like me or someone like our, our team members up in auckland that are locked at home with their kids for the first time and not traveling and or people you know, like friends of mine, Craig down here in the Waikato, he's on his own uh, in, in his flat um, and just getting through. I think it's the, the empathy to that. And, and so the way, we're, the way we're connecting and communicating is just high frequency, high volume, but high impact. So it's not two-hour mm. call every day with the whole team. It's when there's something material like the wage subsidy and they, they want to know, it's, it's get engaged, get out in front of it, ask us anything. Um, Speed, you know, yeah. we as as a board, uh, again, we're it's a, it's amazing the board support that we've got during this time. You know, like this was right at the end of our Kiwi financial year, uh, our six years. So, uh, so it was you know it's a busy time anyway. And, and again, when I when I went to the board with my business partner Mike Russell, who's COO here, and we said that actually we the people we need to put the people first, and we came out straight away and just recommitted to the entire team. We're going to pay everybody one hundred percent through this process, good, bad, or ugly. Because I guess we take that responsibility really seriously. You know, 200 plus people, 200 families, that's 200 communities. You know, the reality is a lot of our people are supporting other family members as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so coming out on the front foot and just being able to just give them that positive reinforcement, the peace of mind to go, you know, that's not a problem you need to be worrying about right now. Keep yep. doing your thing. Look after your family first. Look after customers and and, and, and we'll get through. Yeah, I didn't know that you did that. So so you just fronted the whole thing like stuff it everyone's yep. in let's get it up and go don't stress yep. about this shit let's get onto yep. it as a team that i mean that's such a good will that 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 builds and bonds teams right like i've been thinking about this idea of the end of this thing it's going to be this crazy filter we're going to see a huge drop off and crumbling of of good perceived good businesses that had bad leadership that have been exposed and if if because you can't hide the transparency and authenticity of, of 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 some bad decisions that leaders have made and then there's going to be these packs of tribes that have gone through something together and it becomes such a glue of care and love and trust for each other as a unit that there's going to be some crazy stronger insane business with 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 pistol um you know retention issues for the next little while it's going to be this yep. i think the, uh, the the leadership business is going to create seismic shifts in gross and 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 um and i guess you know destruction of certain businesses without a yep. doubt like i can i can i can see it coming yeah yeah and we see it too and i think for us it's about looking after the fans that we've got today uh, but also you know letting the market know that we're continuing to invest and and continue to grow our team uh, even even in these tough times and our business has never been busier so it's about a commitment to those people that are top talent in market if they want somewhere to land safe uh, and they want to work on some real cool shit with some cool businesses then then we're the place and we're the we're the tech party for them you sound like suge knight at the at the source awards telling people to come to death row <laughs> yeah. i love that I, saw, <laughs> I remember he's like come to death row um <laughs> That's so you're actually hot. How do you hire virtually? What's that? How, so How do I, you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, just like so, a practical question. <laughs> look, yeah, yeah. Uh, re really, really simply, um, we run a deep bench. So we're in contact, you know, before we need it, usually by about a year. 
Um, so we've got people that we've been talking to for over a year, over six months. So when the time is right, whether for them or for us, um, we generally make room. And that's just a constant commitment to, you know, to the Instillery as New Zealand's top tech talent. Um, but it, virtually, uh, again, video, it's this, it's this a real conversation, letting people into your bedroom, having an open conversation around how they're doing, um, you know, meeting their family in some cases and some of the interviews over the last few weeks. Uh, it, it is genuinely a, just a, it's a human connection, man. And I think um, for me personally, I can really quickly get a vibe of, of a person. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really important to our commitment for good humans as well here. Uh, and then, and at the same vein, in the same vein, I've got a, I've got an amazing leadership team of people, managers that um, you can really cut through the bullshit quite quickly around who's good and who's not um, and who's, who's, who's the right vibe for our family. Do you think um, it, I've had mixed feedback on this from a couple of different people. Uh, one was very uh, EQ feelings driven that that can't get context through the screen, and the other one is like, no, it humanizes them because it takes them out of their element, so they don't do the copy paste. Um, this would be great to work here, blah, blah blah. What's what's your take on 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 that? Yeah, uh, I, I share the latter. <laughs> I share the latter <laughs> thoughts. I, I think it's quite funny. People could be, um, at least in my experience, I think people feel safer because they're sitting in their own house. And so they feel more comfortable within themselves. So quite often, like when people sit down with me, there's a little bit of nerves at the start, which you, yeah. you sort of takes a while to overcome because on paper, these guys and girls are bosses, you know, like yeah. phenomenal individual contributors or people leaders. And there's always a little bit of nerves at the start, but maybe that's just, you know, some more introvert people. But I think now the, you know, the, the, the safety of being home yeah. and the realness that comes with that, I, I think you can cut through a lot of it. But also I've seen the other side as well. There's a little bit of a, a nasty streak in some people because they they probably <laughs> they wouldn't say that maybe in the same vein that they that yep. they are saying it because like they just get to the point cut the chase i've got yeah this is my third vc in the next hour so let's let's get to it and and you know what that's not a bad thing either you know in terms of full productivity because you you get to the problem you you've got an agenda for your meeting you smash through it you do the thing and on to the next one so yeah, yeah. It's, it's just i think it's that fine balance you know it's yeah the, the, the styles of if you're it's I mean, it's very much in our vein, like roll up, knock it out, boom, done, next, you know, but then in certain other situations, it's a slow, slow breather and it's, the, you know, the sit down. So I imagine, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's socially, maybe, maybe the, the lesson or learning might be certain personalities with how you communicate is perfectly timed for an environment like this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and people default to type, you know, but the one thing yeah. I do, I, the one thing I do had, you know, is anyone that's bloody late in a lockdown yes. <laughs> you know because that basically screams to me that you've just deprioritized our thing for another thing so yeah, yeah. To, there, to the there, seconds like yeah you you have no excuse you, you, you're not you're not, you're not no parking traffic. the car <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know yeah so that's real <laughs> so in a, in a time like this maybe um want to get to around um you know we talked about the other day the difference of between um you know millionaires and billionaires with how they approach um times like this you know a lot of millionaires put put the handbrake up let's ride this thing out. Let's basically just push pause and reset. And then the billionaires have been waking years, if not a decade to come through, they throw, throw the hammer, they go on offense. How do you think the headspace on most businesses um, that are on defense, that potentially actually have the opportunity to be going on offense right now? How would you, um, what advice would you give them to actually, you know, potentially look at their business and, and what potential plays could be, could be done? Because plenty of businesses right now could be growing massively on offense that potentially think they're, that are in defense mode out of fear. 
Yeah, and, and and so my only advice, and and we're working with a number of our customers, you know, whether SaaS companies, enterprises, small business, and even government, it's put equal measures and amounts of effort into um, defense or into offense as as defense, and that means yeah, you got to look over the horizon, you got to look at what's next, and you got to continue to invest. Uh, I mean, cutting, you know, cutting right now is is important for some business. You know, if you've gone from a SaaS business where 90% of your subscribers have said, actually, that's nice to have. And our business has stopped, so we don't need it right now. And, you know, some some amazing leadership coming from, you know, uh, Vaughan and the guys at Vend around pushing pause on subscriptions and that, Kiwi, Kiwi SaaS company, which I think is a boss move, a brave move. Mm. But but again, it's they're supporting the industry. So I think for me, it's about what's next, looking over the horizon and actually making a making a real commitment to continuing to invest on a path towards that because, it's the Kiwi businesses, not just here locally, but on the global stage that are match fit and ready to go post lockdown and post the COVID, you know, potentially a recession that, that are really going to dominate the game. So I think it's being brave enough with the board and executive support to be prepared for that, uh, as opposed to still be cutting and, and pretty much just laying down. But, but I, I'm also conscious of there are some people doing it really tough at the moment as well. So, you know, it's a measured approach. I don't want those people to be taking this advice and running out, you know, going to the bank for additional money. And I think, I just think it's, it's real. You gotta, you gotta take a balanced approach, but I think mm-hmm. it's really important, particularly for big business to genuinely think about the world has changed. We have to change. We either follow or we lead. And so that's the brave mm-hmm. call that needs to be, needs to be made. And every single business is in the exact same boat. 100. Every single yep. business. Yep. Yeah, the, the the wave of of gnarly conversations that's going to happen in, in boardrooms as soon as everyone gets back, it's going to be it's going to take a lot to decompress and unpick, and then actually within all that that challenge and um, and hardship is going to be a bunch of um, opportunity. But you know, c- clearly that it's you know for those that didn't want to embrace it, it's been put on them, and then those who do are going to clearly you know come out the other side pretty big winners. Um, appreciate your time, brother. I know you you tapped you got a, a million things bubbling away. Um, so it's absolutely awesome to have you in the mix, bro. And um, shop for the the yarns and the insights. Oh, all, all good, brother. And thank you very much for having me, you guys. Appreciate it, real bit. Shot G. Talk soon, bro. Yes. The bro, Jenkins, uh, founder CEO at the Instillery. Um, good boss are doing good things, and it's kind of weird. The whole world goes exactly into the into the, the lane that 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 he's in. Um, yeah. Cool vibe, seen leadership all over the show, and he's a bro and, and good mate, so it's good to see him rocking and rolling and um, and taking charge of the thing. All right, team, I'll see you soon. Adios until the next one. Peace.